Mom Training Podcast with Diana Ballard. Hey ladies, welcome to the Mom Training Podcast. We are going to dive into money, which this is such an important topic for us to focus on, especially with all the changes and the prices and the thing, everything that's going on around us right now. It is really important to learn about our finances, be in our finances, know what's going on, and also be able to realize the mentality behind our finances and what we're doing with money and why we do certain things. So today we're going to talk to Maru today. Um, Maru has been a presenter in mom training, which we have loved learning from her. She taught about some major habits that reduce stress around money. It was an amazing session. We learned so many amazing things. I'm going to have Maru introduce herself a little bit to us, but we are going to talk today about the root causes of financial debt. So if you've struggled at all with financial debt, this is going to be something that is going to help you to either start getting yourself out of debt or prevent yourself from going back into debt if you have been before. So Maru, welcome to the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share. Yeah, I, I'm excited to have you here too. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am a holistic wealth expert. And because I believe in, when I say holistic, I just don't think about money in terms of just monetary, but we need to be wealthy inside as well as humans. So that's why I'm very passionate about kind of connecting emotions and money together. So that's why I'm very excited to talk about the root causes of financial debt, or I call it also financial stress, because it kind of money gives us stress a lot of times, especially with the current, you know, situation of price increase and inflation is 7.9%, which was, which is the highest it has been since 1982. Can you believe it? It's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, just even comparison, like us buying a frozen bag of blueberries used to be $8 and now it's like 12, like it's increased like immensely. And it's like, whoa, we need to make sure that we are being really careful now with our finances because what was okay before might not be okay now, according to budget or like where, where our finances are. So tell us a little bit about your experience of working with people that struggle with debt. Yeah, so kind of my, just to give you a little bit more background about me, like I came from corporate world of uh, supply chain procurement, which is all about kind of eliminating waste, improving processes. So as I kind of quit my corporate job to be with my children, I kind of got really passionate. Well, like, how can I take that corporate process and incorporate into my life? Because a lot of times we don't think in that term. We don't think ourselves as a corporation, for example, right? We don't think as our family can be corporation. So as I started implementing those and seeing results in my own life, I started getting, you know, like fascinated, like, oh my gosh, I can help people like basically giving different perspective and applying corporate strategies into a family strategy, right? And that's how I got into coaching people. And I I don't necessarily like saying coaching, but I prefer saying mentoring. Mentoring because more of it, I'm sharing their experience. Everything I teach people, I apply in my own life. And I am originally from Kazakhstan. So I came to United States in 2006. 
English is my third self-taught language. So kind of like, like I said, all the fascination comes from that. If I can become independent, financially stable, coming from another country, you know, I want to make sure that women who are here also can be confident, you know, even if they have husbands who take care of them, they can still be independent. You know what I mean? So that's where I came, you know, kind of being passionate of, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. So that's kind of background, how I became holistic wealth expert. Yeah, that's great. Do you, do you feel like most of the people that you work with struggle with some form of debt? I think a lot. Yeah. Unfortunately it's a lot because it's just kind of so easy to get in debt. So, you know, and of course there are many reasons for that. Um, It's just kind of, for me, everything is hidden under root roots, right? It's roots that something we don't see. I always say people see symptoms and then they kind of get distracted and that's their hurdle. And that's how they, get into debt or, or, or even create stress around money, right? Even if they're not in debt, they may cause just being in stress or they feel pressure of earning more money, even if whatever they're earning might be enough. So, and then of course we live in the society of consumption. Like literally we are like in a world of consume, consume. I mean, if you, if you know, like everywhere we go, people are selling stuff, people selling services, products everywhere, right? And we feel pressure to buy it, whether we need it, whether we don't need it. And it's like, I think like in, in my tr- mom training, I kind of mentioned about having the pickpocketers, you know? So basically we kind of let people just come and take our money. And, and I guess we can talk about a little bit more in that when we will kind of touch base on emotions, right? They use our emotions. They, and of course, our emotions go up and down, especially for women. We are everywhere, even throughout the day, right? One day we're happy, one day, or even a minute, we're happy, sad. Those emotions affect how we easily can give our money up that we weren't planning. So that's, yeah, unfortunately. But of course, with a smart strategy and improving habits and understanding, you know, kind of the things we will talk about today will definitely shift into better, more confident, independent money management skills. Yeah. So you have on, on your list here of the things we're going to talk about personality. I am so curious, like, tell me about your thoughts about how personality plays into our finances, debt, our spending habits, like let, let's hear about that. I'd love to expand upon that. Yeah, for sure. So I, I call it money personality because we, we also have a human personality, right? With some of us bubbly, some of us very serious kind of thing. So with money personality, there are, of course, every financial expert maybe defines it differently. There are different ways to describe personality, but I kind of simplified it. For me, there's four types of personality. The spender, the exaggerator, the penny pincher, and the hard worker. So just to give a quick definition. So for example, the spender tends to spend more than they make. And the exaggerator has a big misunderstanding of their current assets and what they may be able to do with those assets in the future. So they 
fully do not maybe aware of it. The penny pincher is someone who has ample assets, but is afraid to spend for fear of outliving their money. And the last one is the hard worker, simply that does not want to retire at all. So those are the hard working. They always think like, oh, I'm gonna you know, work and save. I'm not gonna worry. But what they overlook is that they're gonna get old, they're gonna get sick, right? So they always live in the current present of that they will continue to earn because they don't feel like retired. They enjoy what they do. So I think it's just understanding their personality will help people because you be more prepared. So for example, penny pincher, I, I picked that because I call myself in a way penny pincher because my background, I came from Soviet Union country where we didn't have a lot. And when you grow up not having a lot and then suddenly you start working and you kind of start hoarding money because you're afraid to either, you know, kind of like outlive your money in a way, right? So as soon as I understood that, I was able to find that balance where I'm not, of course, I'm, I cannot be like suddenly a spender, right? I, can, I cannot go from one extreme to another, but I can at least spend for, for example, what's important for me, creating memories. But if I'm constantly afraid, I cannot even enjoy, uh, let's say, vacations. I mean, I can give you an example. I mean, I even have clients who like seriously, they bought a trip and they went on the trip and the whole time they were on the trip, they were beating themselves up. Oh, I shouldn't have come here. I shouldn't have bought this. It's because of the person, our personality is in the way. We, we try to reward ourselves, but because we are penny pinchers, we kind of feel bad. You know what I mean? So, but like I said, I'm just kind of giving myself as an example of how it can hinder us. Like in my personal example, since I came from another country, I used to only go see my family once in three years. And that's because tickets are so expensive. And especially when you have like three kids and the husband, imagine buying like, you know, it adds up to almost $10,000 every time you fly because each ticket around $2,000 rough, roughly, right? So then you kind of start penny pinching. But what, what I realized after I lost my mother, that I was sacrificing my time over money. But that's something I understood kind of later in life, right? So that this is why I, I tell people, if you understand your personality, you can realize what you are sacrificing, certain things you cannot bring back, certain things you cannot create memories because you are stuck in your personality and you don't even know. So hopefully kind of my personal stories might help someone to kind of identify their own personalities and kind of, like I said, I don't want them to kind of be somebody different or have different money personalities, but knowing your kind of like, either it can be looked at either strengths or weakness, right? And if you know, you're not, you're kind of aware of it. You're not going to say, oh, why this keeps happening? without realizing it might be a weakness right or strengths either way so that's this is why i feel like personality is very important into looking and understanding like where you fall you know how you can leverage that towards your your benefit and where you can improve so you're not like regretting after so many years kind of like i regret <laughs>
I, you know, I, I wish I paid $10,000 to see my mother now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So again, lesson life. I mean, it's life. It happens, but that's why I passionately teach people. Like there are times when you save money, but there are times when sh- you shouldn't. But unfortunately, like I said, personality are developed since we are children, right? How I became penny pincher because of my background, because where I came from. There are spenders. How do they become spenders? So it's kind of understanding your, again, going back to root cause, right? Root cause. (laughs) Hope it helps. um, No, that's very interesting. I'm just like trying to think about like the, the strengths and weaknesses of both of them. They, I mean, on both sides of each one of those uh, personalities, like, you know, the hard worker, is a hard worker, but then again, they're not planning for retirement, you know, so that's the weakness. And I guess it's just very interesting to think about where the middle is for, for each of those, like how to be able to utilize, because I do believe that our weaknesses can be transferred into our strengths. Mm -hmm. And so like, how do we take our spending habits that we are now say that someone's a spender And they are all about like the abundance of life, right? And they just, they live life to the fullest. Well, that's a gift, but how can they take and transfer that into, you know, kind of pull it back a little bit to be wise in the fact of, yes, life can be abundant, but can we choose the best things to spend our money on instead of just spending it on everything, right? And then the stress that comes from overspending, right? Um. And then what was number two again? So you had the spender and then the second one is the exaggerator. Exaggerator. Now what, tell me, tell me more about that one. So the exaggerator is basically has a big misunderstanding of their current assets and what they may be able to do with those assets in the future. They may not necessarily overspend in the present. They simply lack the financial literacy needed to fully understand what they will be able to accomplish with what they have, meaning some people earn great money, but they don't put an effort to creating future plans. They're just living in the current moment. They feel like this money is going to keep coming. But sometimes life changes upside down, right? Suddenly. But if if they are prepared and enjoy current life based on the, let's say they may be earning millions of dollars, I don't know. Usually the funny thing is, Usually people who earn a lot are the broke ones because oh, they just go buy stuff, right? Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, no, you kind of exaggerate because you feel like, oh, money is coming in. I don't have problem because a lot of times, in, even like in human nature, we do not see ourselves in the future. Our future selves are strangers. Yeah. So that's why it's kind of hard for exaggerators to plan ahead, you know, or at least put some of the money aside so they are prepared. Yeah, no, these are very interesting. I've, I've never heard this talked about like this. I, you know, to really think about how there might be pieces of us that have like all four of those personalities. I mean, I, I feel like I, I definitely have one that's stronger, uh, yeah. but I can see like in myself, some of the other ones too, where I'm like, oh man, I could adjust that or I could focus on that a little bit more. And like, I don't know, like, this is just like open my mind to like, wow, I need to like, I love finances. Finance, like I love doing my finances and number crunching and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
but I've never thought about like the, the pros and cons of each one of those personalities and how I could be better in each one of those areas. Yeah. No, you're right. Some people may have a little bit of all. Some people may have, you know, obviously spend are not going to be penny pincher. So it's kind of opposite personality. Uh, but like you said, in all the personalities can work like in any people personality, right? Like, you know, but it's just being aware. Like I said, for me, as soon as I was aware, I was like, oh my gosh, why am I sitting hoarding this hard working money and be basically restricting enjoyment of life? And then one day I'm dead. I'm not going to take the money with me, right? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be left to children. So it's like, okay. So that's why I kind of started. And, and I think when Penny Pinch also like, it has a little bit of fear, you see? But money yep. shouldn't have fear because fear does not bring anything positive. So those are the things like, as you start getting into your own personality and kind of figuring out, you kind of, we'll start having, you know, a lot of aha moments, like, oh my gosh, oh, this is why I do this. Or you even start uh, paying attention to your own habits around money. When, when you don't know, you don't know, you don't even know why you do. It's like, oh, I spent this money again, or, or I didn't spend it. You know what I mean? So that's why I get passionate about that. Oh my, I can talk about personality all, all day long. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, my mind's a little bit blown. Like, I think that was, that was really profound to think about that and the, the different, you know, directions that each one of those personalities could grow. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, let's hear about your ideas on consciousness, how we can be conscious with our money and what that means. Oh yeah, for sure. So the reason I like about, you know, increasing consciousness, because did you know that we humans only function on 5% consciousness. The 95% wow. we live on this kind of subconscious mind, kind of like automated, I guess. I, I want you to visualize a tree, right? So what we see above the ground, that's a conscious mind. So kind of another, uh, um, another way I can say is kind of looking at symptoms, like you have a headache. Why do you have a headache? You just go take a Advil and your problem solved. But the reality is maybe there is a deeper issue in the roots. So I say, you know, above the ground tree is 5%. In the roots is 95%. So you have to deep into, again, going back to our subject, root cause. So if you understand your kind of like, strengthen your conscious mind if, because it's only 5%, right? It will help you to get all some of the subconscious mind and again, be advantage to you around money management. So for example, conscious mind is logical, right? Rational and analytical. But can you imagine if you're only using 5% of it, you're not going to be too analytical. You're not going to be too logical. You're just going to you know, illogically go buy stuff you may not need or may not even align with your family values. Or, you know, it's not even in your whatever budget if people like budgeting, you know what I mean? So that's kind of um, what I say is like important, again, understanding the difference between conscious and subconscious. 
So kind of strengthening as, a, as you strengthen your muscles, right? <laughs> so does it make sense to you? Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And I, again, another like, huh, I got really got to think about that because I mean, if we only use 5% of our brain consciously, like what are my beliefs about money and myself and about what's possible for me on the other 95% that really is running most of the show, right? If we continually are hitting the same blocks over and over again with making money or saving money or feeling like we have what we need, Mm -hmm. like we might have something else we need to address. So I guess my question is for you. So if some, if a client comes to you and is like, I'm really struggling with money, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really struggling with having money, saving money, feeling like I deserve money, whatever. Like what, do you have a process you take them through to, to address that subconscious side? Yes. Well, I, I have actually written a book called currencies of life. That's kind of my methodology of seven step process where I walk people through. So the first step is actually identify identifying meaning understanding all this your money personality why you do it you know kind of working on your conscious versus subconscious so it's kind of basically going under the roots right starting from the roots and working your way up instead of just taking advil and fix it temporarily right so my step i call my step the wealth accelerator method which is seven step process and like i said it is very important. I can give you the first three steps just to kind of help you because it is very important. The first three steps is basically in the roots area. So you first identify the problem. Second, you have to understand the problem, not just identify the problem. And the third one is you need to challenge the problem. So meaning, you know, challenge. Sometimes we don't challenge enough because some of the examples I can give you, you know how people like to say, oh, I, I've done this all my life. This works for me. So that's you settling for status quo. That you settling for something that either came from your parents' habits or maybe friends' habits. I mean, you learned it somewhere. So usually, usually most of the habits came from our parents. And most of the families, nobody teaches us like, I mean, in like all days, right? Nobody likes to talk about money. Nobody teaches us money. I mean, our parents teach us how to eat, how to work, how to behave, right? What's right, what's wrong. But a lot of times money is not discussed. I mean, maybe some families will, but I feel like majority not. Yeah. And so that's why for me, I walk people through that seven step process. And like I said, the first three steps are very important. And as they understand that, the, of course, there is a second phase and the, and the third phase is, ser- third phase is mostly kind of a continuous improvement. You kind of like stay on, the, on track and just keep cycling. Make sure that whatever you brought up, like for example, you got out of that, make sure you're not gonna get back into that hole again, right? And be stressed. So yeah, that's kind of what I, how I help you with my methodology. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just thinking about like financial beliefs and bondages that I've broken off my own life. Like it does take effort Mm -hmm. to really look into that 
and say, what are my thoughts? What am I doing? And why are these not true? Like why, like why, what am I believing that really isn't true? That's not, that's not bringing me the results that I want. So I, I love that you have that and you have your book. Um, you said it was called currencies of life. Yeah. Currencies of life. I, I kind of, uh, like I said, I share my methodology and every step kind of walk people through if they want to do it themselves through the book. But if they don't, then they come. I mean, if they want shorter version and faster, faster transformation, they come work with me. Yeah. Yeah. Working with a coach seriously is the fastest way to get anywhere. I totally agree with you. So, and you're great at what you do. I I really have loved everything you've taught us in mom training and talking today. It's really brought up thought Mm -hmm. and, you know, just try like it's, it's a new way of thinking and challenges our current way of thinking that when we do that, that produces different results that produces, you know, lots of possibilities and opportunities when we have different ways to have our minds challenged. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I appreciate you sharing this. Yeah. So I can give you one more example around. Yeah. Consciousness. Yeah. Is, I love it. We're taking a budget, for example. We are so like, I guess, again, a lot of financial advisors push the uh, budgeting part, right? So it's like consciously you think like, oh, you know, I cannot have this. I cannot have that and whatever. And then you feel so bad about it, right? But if you practice of like, okay, what can I do and kind of work, understand, you can even improve. Like I said, we did talk a little bit about that on our mom training, right? So it definitely most of the time you don't even need to buy. I mean, I don't like budgeting. I never budgeted, but I think that also you can strengthen with your consciousness, like be aware. Like another example, like I said, if I wasn't aware that I'm, let's say spending $700 a quarter, just eating uh, Chick-fil-A, for example. And because I'm kind of, you know, not using that conscious mind. Like I'm not thinking, oh, I, I spent that much. But then going forward, I'm telling myself, don't eat anymore. I'm not thinking in terms of dollars, right? I'm only thinking, how am I going to just not, you know, eat that chi- amazing chicken, <laughs> for example. So that's why when, when I plugged in into consciousness, I figured, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about taste of a chicken when I saw it in dollar sign consciousness triggered. And even like when I did my last quarter, I only spent $150 versus $700. That's how you slowly improve habits and you, you don't even need to budget because you are slowly improving and even not, you don't even feel interested in buying things that you thought you can't live without. Yeah. And, you know, kind of echoing that it's, it's the one decision at a time Mm -hmm. that's going to build wealth inside and out. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So those were great thoughts on consciousness. So I, I would love to hear about your thoughts also on how our emotions affect our spending habits and our debt and our, our finances. So as we kind of understand, kind of transition from consciousness, actually, a lot of our emotions are hidden under our subconscious mind, right? So as you bring up to conscious mind, that's when you realize 
what are the what type of emotions trigger the kind of like a around your money management skills right what which ones are hindrance to you everybody is different right because somebody may spend when they sad some people spend when they happy some people just spend for spending sake you know what i mean so if they realize they will be more aware so for example if they are sad spenders they need to figure out how to cope differently but they wouldn't know how to if they don't know what's causing why are they buying let's say you're sitting watching commercial suddenly they telling you how great whatever service or product they might be selling. At that moment, you may be feeling those emotions, but you don't know. You just feel like that's a great idea. Let me just dial in and buy that item, you know? So it's like, again, sadness. I think a lot of times, number I feel like that, that's the highest when people spend because they want to feel good, right? Um, and of course, I know that happy people buy too. So any emotion basically can trigger it's just understanding. When I say understanding, understanding reveals a blind spot. It's kind of like you're driving a car. You cannot see, you can have a wreck, right? Same thing. If you have a blind spot and you don't understand your emotions, you don't understand your consciousness, if you don't understand your personality, you will end up wrecking your financial state. You know, at some point, and then you will have to rebuild it or you, you will have a, either like total car, you know what I mean? Like you have to buy brand new. So kind of start from scratch or you have to mend it. So again, depending where you are, how it happens, we all at a different stage, right? In life. And some people earn a lot. Some people, you know, don't earn a lot, but they have great um, money management skills. So as I said, understanding all this, it's kind of a domino chain effect, right? you know, kind of a personality falls on the consciousness, consciousness triggers the emotions. So understanding all these three aspects. And, and again, you cannot learn all this overnight. It's kind of a process. That's why I have this seven step process because I'm taking you on a journey to find your, I call it hidden money, hidden treasure in your life, you know, it involves, and, and I am not about just money, you know, monetary, because you can live a happy life and wealthy life with little income. You don't have to, because a lot of times we, I think with society, we're so pressured. We think the more money I earn, the happier I will be, you know? But then we, of course, we all lack the time with our children or we lack time with our, you know, spouses or partners. And that kind of also not good because if you look at wealth, Wealth shouldn't be just money, right? So that's the part of personality, consciousness, emotions should also, can also be managed around relationships, the relationship with our children, relationship with our, um, you know, partners, like I said, life partners, or even friends, to be honest. So that can be, a, can be really wealthy person all around, not just outside, but inside too. Yeah, and I think that's really what life is really about is feeling the abundance and the wealth of lots of areas of our life, you know, in those relationships and those experiences that we have and not being afraid to utilize our resources and, 
and to just live life to the fullest on a holistic level. And I love that. And I love that you teach that to your clients, that it's more than just money. It's about enjoying your entire life. And a lot of that does come from having a good money system, having good beliefs around money, because it is a resource for us to have what we need to be able to have fun when we want to, to be able to enjoy life in different ways. Um, not that it's everything, but it definitely helps in, yeah. in feeling the abundance of life is when our finances are in order according to what we need and, and, and what our finances to look like. Yeah, for sure. And we're all different, you know, so what money, uh, how to say what's, importance in money for you for example may not be the same importance for me right yeah so we are in different level we all have different families backgrounds kind of again going back to personality right we all have different personalities as humans not just around money so definitely you are i don't point on everything yeah so i thank you so much for sharing these thoughts with us i know for me i definitely am gonna think about what we talked about today and kind of see where I align with all, all these different things, my, the personality, my consciousness, uh, my emotions and how that affects me and my finances and really kind of look at what identify, right. What, what my roots are for money and wealth in different areas of my life. So thank you for sharing that with us. So I want you to share with our listeners right now where they can find you and, and, and how they can better connect with you uh, moving forward. Yeah, thank you so much. So they can definitely find me on my webpage at www.yoursavingspro.com. Pro is P-R-O.com. And uh, also they can email me anytime at miru at yoursavingspro.com. And definitely if they book a call, I can definitely help them. Uh, I, I, my first initial call is a clarity call. So I can definitely help them find the hidden money that they don't know they have because I have a lot of tools and at least some direction to get started. And if they, if we find each other a good fit, we might work together. But like I said, I don't pressure people in terms of that, but I love helping people find hidden money. And I can also share a link with you where they can submit a form. And like I said, I actually last week, I found $2,000 myself of a hidden money I didn't know I have. Now I'm sharing with people how to. So I can share the steps on how to. And I call it potential hidden money because again, it's part of the game. When, when it's hidden money, you can find, you cannot find. But since I found it, I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like, this is why I'm passionate about hidden money, because there are different ways to find money, not just earning money. You know, we can adjust what we do in our schedule. That extra time we find, I call that hidden money because time equals money, right? Yeah. So things like that. So definitely, um, you know, like I said, they can reach out if they need some direction. I'm here to guide them to that holistic, you know, kind of relationship with money. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And ladies, again, Maru taught in mom training recently. So you can go back in the mom training vault and be able to listen to her session, uh, called habits to reduce stress around money. And again, this is a topic that all of us deal with all of us. Most of us, I would say, want to become better in and find more peace in our finances and enjoy life more abundantly on all levels. So thank you, Maru, so much for joining us today. And, and I want to add one, one more, I guess, yeah. two more thought process. If yeah, you go for allow it. Me. So I guess you can also join my Facebook group, which is the ultimate balance for women around marriage, motherhood, and money. And last kind of in closing argument, I want to say money management needs to be holistic and everything we do, our children's are observing. So think of it. If you don't want to do it for yourself, you want to do it for your children because your children are your legacy and you want to leave healthy legacy behind, right? You don't want to leave children with a financial stress and kind of broke, right? So this is why for me, I look at my children like this is why I do this. This is why holistic approach is healthy to teach our children. So that's kind of my closing argument. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Definitely another thought process to really think about. So thank you for sharing your wisdom, Maru. Um, yeah. And ladies, I'm so grateful that you are, you stuck with us. You listened to this. This is a great podcast to learn from, and we'll see you next Tuesday on the mom training podcast.